It's your girl Alex and Brittany and no Veronique. <laughs> y'all, she said, I'm done with y'all. I'm just going. She didn't do that. She didn't do that. She's going to be mad when she hears that, probably, too. Yeah, so she couldn't be with us this week, but we are still going to make sure y'all have an amazing episode um, this week and and the next one. Hopefully, Veronique will be back with us. Um, We're going to start off with prayer. So, bow your heads, close your eyes, unless you're driving. (laughs) Lord, thank you for this opportunity just to come together. I ask that you're just in the midst of us today and you let what your will is be done today we just thank you for our listeners god i ask that you just meet each one of them where they are right now and just continue to bless them um and keep us during these times in your name we pray amen amen so we're gonna jump right in with what would you do so alex and listeners what would you do if you saw i'm gonna switch this up because i think this one is a little too easy what would you do if you saw your best friend actually not a best friend what would you do if you saw somebody who used to be a friend but y'all not like that close anymore and you saw their man or woman with somebody else because I know if it was a best friend I know what I would do I know if it was like even just a cool friend I know what I'd do but if this is somebody who maybe you had a falling out with but you know y'all done resolved all of that but y'all not like back to where y'all used to be but you out and you see their man or their woman if it's a guy i guess with somebody else who ain't them what'd you i think for me like in my mind i was thinking like this happened in real life so i was thinking of friends that i'm no longer like that close to that i used to be close to and i thought of two people in particular and one of them, and my mom was like, I would definitely tell her. Like, I feel like she would be receptive to it, even though we're no longer close. I feel like she would still be like, thanks for looking out for me. Mm-hmm. The other one, <laughs> I just feel like sis would not be here for us. I'd probably keep my mouth shut. So I really feel like it just depends on that person's personality. Like, you know how they are. Mm-hmm. And like I said, one of my friends, I know she would like, well, I don't know if she's a friend. I don't know if I would consider her a friend anymore, but associate ex-friend whatever um I think I know she would be receptive and she'll probably be like thank you girl um the other one child she was a little ratchet when we was friends (laughs) I just see it going real left (laughs) uh first of all nobody comes to mind nobody comes to mind when I'm thinking I'm wondering who you thinking about I think I know who you thinking about I know but I'm like I don't even talk to that person enough. I don't even think we connected on social media. So if I, I wouldn't even know who she's dating, first of all. We're probably blocked. That's neither here nor there. I don't think I'm blocked. I don't think I'm blocked. Maybe I might be. I see her comments on other people's stuff. I know I'm not blocked. (laughs) She's still like my friend. But yeah, like I don't, I literally have no connection to her. So I probably wouldn't even know who she was dating. But let's say I did and I did know who she was dating. I might slide in her DMs and be like, hey, girl, hope you're well. You know how you start stuff up? <laughs> hey, hope you're well. <laughs> um, just wanted to see if you and such and such were still dating because I did see him. I'm going to get a whole spiel. I'm not going to wait for her to respond and none of that. Um, 
if I'm out of order, just let me know. But I just wanted to be looking out for you. Um, you know, hope you're happy. hope you're doing well in 2020. Like I don't have nothing. <laughs> Alex is like shaking her head because we're talking about the same person. Nah, y'all. <laughs> this will probably act up. <laughs> if you're not blocked now, you'd be blocked then. I don't even think she would respond, low key. But as far as somebody <laughs> keep going. <laughs> as far as like somebody aside from her, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I would definitely tell, you know, I would want somebody to tell me. Like, you, you see me posting my man on social media, and you yeah. see him out, and you be like, that's Britney's husband. Yeah, you better tell me. I don't care if we ain't cool or not. I want to know. But right, um, even if we Facebook friends. Yeah, especially like, you, nowadays, Facebook friendships are legit. So yeah. <laughs> we ain't never met. <laughs> we ain't never met, but we besties on Facebook. So yes, please let me know. But, um, you know, I think it's something to be, that's, it's something about, especially for women, like just having their back, you know, we mm -hmm. may not know each other that well, we may have had some disagreements, we might have gotten into a little social media debate, I don't know, and we not, might not really care for each other, but I just feel like looking out in that regard is always important, so. Yeah, I agree, girl code. Girl code, for sure. All right. Jumping into our current events, did y'all hear about, um, unfortunately, another young Black male being shot by cops in Illinois? Um, Marcellus Stennett is a night or was a 19-year-old um, young man. He and his girlfriend were driving. They were pulled over by a Hispanic cop in Illinois. I'm not sure of, like, the exact city or town, um, but essentially... What occurred was the cop shot into the car because the car began to roll backward. Um, and he thought, I guess he thought they were trying to get away or, you know, roll over him. I'm not exactly sure. Haven't gotten completely gotten his side of the story um, through my readings. But essentially, he shot into the car. He killed the young man and shot his girlfriend, 20-year-old girlfriend, in the stomach. She's... Um, been in the hospital recovering from her injuries and she did speak out about the incident um just found out today alex was mentioning about the parents suing the police department which i thought was really cool alex if you want to give that insight mm -hmm. the the parents one they wasted no time as well as the girlfriend she also filed a lawsuit mm -hmm. um i believe it was on thursday or friday um saying that the officers are not properly trained so it goes back to training. Um, it happened like in out, like outside of Chicago, like a town outside of like suburbs, well, a little bit more than suburbs of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so if you know, like if you just think about Chicago, they're already known for like how their policing is, just the high crime rate in that area. So I'm sure like that same mentality probably trickles over to other departments. Um, and they're just, they're known like when I, go back to criminal justice, we learned about Chicago policing in my theories classes, and there are pretty much things not to do. Um, wow. So it's, I just think that she's making a very strong statement early on, like, I, I am mad at the officers, like, yes, I no longer have my son, but this is a bigger issue than individual officers. It goes back to proper training of officers and continual training of officers. There's, I don't know, any job that trains you one time and then boom, that's it. I, I know no job. 
Teachers have trainings every week. No, no job. And like, no job does that. And I'm not saying, I know officers do have more trainings like throughout their time because my mom works in the police department, but is it the proper training for them to actually do their job? Like, is it the things that actually matter or is it just like the legal stuff that we have to do? Like, and I think that's where you struggle. And if you look at doctors, I mean, even me having a license in insurance, I could lose my license for practicing legally or not following the ethics code and things like that. So it's just like, I mean, officers take the oath. So they need to be held accountable for the oath they took, which is to protect and serve. Yeah. It also makes me think about things like, because I always correlate um, the way officers react to quote unquote aggressive um, suspects or people who they are just looking into to the educational system. Like each and every day we work with students, um, no matter the grade who have like aggressive, show aggressive tendencies and behaviors. And if we were to ever as teachers handle children the way that police officers handle the people that they pull over, we would immediately lose our job. It's no looking into it, no investigation into what the child did. And I'm saying child, but I'm thinking about like high school students, like uh, uh, ninth through 10th, 12th grade, you know, almost grown folks, not just little kids. Um, and I just feel like teachers consistently have to attend um, trauma trainings. We have to attend diversity and inclusion trainings, equity trainings, literally every week. We have some sort of training on how to properly engage with children who are not like us, even though we have the same skin color. So just imagine if the police department, law enforcement, any, any other place had that type of um, aggressive, like preventive, uh, professional development, it would completely change the system. So I'm with it. I'm with mama and her saying like, number one, you gonna run me my coins. That's facts. I mean, because I already know that they're not gonna put you in jail. He did get fired. The police officer was fired, but they're probably not going to put him in jail. Um, so she's like, okay, fine. I'm gonna hit y'all pockets. Unfortunately, it's taxpayer pockets, which will also result in more aggressive, like, hey, y'all need to get y'all ish together because we're not about to be paying every time y'all decide that y'all want to be trigger happy. But yeah, cop, police officers definitely, that's a hard job, mentally yeah. draining, emotionally draining. So yeah, I get being quote unquote afraid, do something about it. Go get therapy, go and have some sort of mental, they should have free, they should get free mental health. Um, the yeah, ability to go to, to therapy for free. Every police department should have that if they don't. Because again, yeah, it's necessary. It's crazy stuff. Right. Anyway, off of that, before we make that our topic. <laughs> I, I was like, right. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole show by America. <laughs> um so yep. I know. I know y'all heard about this. I know y'all have seen them. I know you have received them. Y'all, these aggressive texts for voting, they stop. have to stop. <laughs> like, okay, sis, sir, who, like all of y'all, like, I understand that voting is very important. Like, y'all know I'm a voting advocate. <laughs> but these aggressive texts, right. I'm so ready for Tuesday. I pray that there is no runoffs because I want the text to stop. Like, 
And I just think that now we need to look at, I don't know who do campaigns. Y'all need to look at a better way of reaching people. Um, because a test over and over is very draining. And I can see how that could be like super discouraging for some people like who are already not like really into the politics. They're like, this is like too much. Like out there is gonna push them away. So, and also I'm sure you heard the elections are on Tuesday. So yeah, go vote. Please go vote. If you haven't already. Please if you go have vote. not already, go vote. Yeah. If you have a mail-in ballot, don't mail it because it Yes. Oh my God. Please do not mail in your ballot. Take it. It won't make it. Um, either go vote in person or drop it off at the ballot, like wherever your local place is to drop them off. Uh, most times I get city halls or the voter registration place. Um, but if not, vote in person. Like, we have learned nothing from 2016 is that we should not underestimate anybody. Right. <laughs> so please go vote, which is not going to get too far into this, but I'm really proud of Texas. Texas reported that they actually have more early voters this year than they had people vote all together in 2016. Dang. That's so that's, yeah, that's really good. Texas red or blue though, cause that might be a concern. <laughs> I know, right now that I think about it. <laughs> like, um, who y'all voting for in Texas though? Why y'all so eager? <laughs> No, maybe it's like, maybe they'll change. I'm pretty sure they're, they're probably a Republican state, but I don't know. I think most of the South is Republican state. So I just pin them to that. If y'all not my bad, but um, hopefully that means more younger people are voting. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thinking hopefully that's what it is because it's definitely been a voters movement on TikTok, which is where the young people live. That's cool. That's really cool. I love how people use social media to like advocate for things like that. You know, it makes it more, <laughs> more beneficial to be on and engage. Um, but yes, y'all, please go vote. And if you're like me, just reply stop to them people every time they text you. That's all I do. Stop, stop, stop. And then I either block them or delete the messages. But yes, please mm -hmm. still vote. Don't let that discourage you. In our last, did y'all hear about what is this? Kanye gifted Wait. Kim a hologram of her dad. Let me tell you, rich people birthday gifts. So yes, Kanye West is called a hologram from heaven, I believe. I think that's like the name of it. And it was her dad coming. And you know, the weirdest part about it was one, I want to know how they got like the voice, but right. he gave Kanye, Kanye gave himself a compliment in it. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> he was like, you know, the dad was like, I'm so proud of you and the kids and like gone, like about her life and stuff. And some people are like, I think it's creepy. Not, not gonna lie. Like, my dad passed away. I know Brittany's dad has, like, I don't think I want a hologram with my dad. I probably, I, that would probably, number one, I don't, I don't know what type, I'm just thinking about it, I'm wondering what type of triggers I would receive from that. Right. Like, I would probably be overwhelmed with emotion. I would probably, it would probably make me more upset that he's not here, because like, now it's like, you're here, I can't even touch you, I can't hug you, like. Right, go, go straight through. <laughs> like, you know, I don't understand. Um, but you know, it's thoughtful. It, different strokes for different folks, I guess. 
Yeah. And that's what like a lot of the comments were on social media, like mm-hmm. let them live. And I was like, yeah. you know, maybe she asked for it or maybe she's brought up like, oh, I wish my, cause I mean, I probably said this, like, oh, I wish my dad would be here to see this. I wonder what my dad would think about this, things like that. But like I said in the beginning, rich people birthday gifts. Yeah, cause I'm like, how much does that even cost? How do you, what type of technology? Like, all know. right, interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> what are we talking about today? Um, our topic is, okay, so I, this kind of came up just from me listening to another podcast earlier in the week. Um, so I really just want to talk about how relevant it is to today and what are some of our personal experiences with it. But I'm going to give you all the backstory first. Um, on the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith and Willow Smith and then their mother, I don't know her name. Um, Jada was talking about how people have been mom shaming her for how she raised her kids um, because of, you know, how they kind of look, you know, uh, Willow and um, Jaden are very eclectic, I think is one of the words that she used. But, you know, for other Black people, they're quote unquote weird looking or they're not normal or whatever. Um, So she was talking about how people have kind of basically blamed her for however she chose to raise them to make them more free-spirited. And then Willow kind of chimed in and talked about how because of the way they look, um, Black people, they're not really accepted in the Black community. Like people don't like look to them as like, you know, role models or things like that, which I think kind of came off like a personal like insecurity, but that's my opinion um, because do you boo and don't worry about nobody else but it did bring about the question like is there such a thing as not being black enough in 2020 like if you look different speak differently um wear different clothes like if you're a black emo type of person or gothic or like do we still say like oh you know that person not really black black like is that a thing (laughs) okay I, I feel like baby under this unpopular opinion don't come for me. I don't actually I don't care. I think that sometimes black people can be the most um non-inclusive people. Like some well, I'm not gonna say all black people, some black people. Like if you look at I believe the the core of our cultural peoples, like you take a nice account, most of them are probably non-inclusive they're very much like mm, okay using things terms like oreo or mm. you don't have a black card yeah. or things like that like yesterday <laughs> i said i was taking somebody black card yesterday <laughs> like is this stuff like that like we do kind of like still maybe not like to an extreme but to a certain extent we are very much like uh, you're not quite like me or maybe you don't understand this because you didn't grow up in a black community mm-hmm. or and I like even for myself like I'm not this I'm included in this like I remember when I went to college I grew up in a black community went to a school that's 99% black because we had like one percent other like white Hispanic another nationality and then I went to a predominantly white college and then like meeting people who grew up in predominantly white areas I'm like mm-hmm maybe you don't understand because you, you didn't grow around black people right. like um and like you do perceive them differently it's different 
I even saw myself like maybe not talking to them about certain things. I felt like they wouldn't fully understand. And maybe that's where it comes from, where she feels like she can't be a role model. And it's like, well, who are you looking to be a role model of? Are you trying to be a role model of the Black, in the Black community overall? Because most Black people are not going to relate to you because most Black people are not free-spirited. Mm-hmm. But if she looks to the free-spirited Black people, maybe she is a role model to them. And she has to look like she's not that old. So it's not that many people underneath her. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl. You just yeah. got breast milk. Like, so <laughs> I don't understand. I kind of don't. Like, I'm not, I, and maybe she's thinking about people like, um, if you look at like Sky Jackson or what's that girl named Marseille who, um, oh, from Blackish, from Blackish Star Production Company. Yeah. And I said, but I think it's like totally different. Like, to be honest, you're famous because your parents are famous, right. not because you're famous like on your own like as an actress or doing something in the industry and so I feel like celebrity kids is like totally off topic be entitled like you feel like you automatically should be a role model because you grew up in the southern perspective too and maybe you're not like to be a role model somebody has to relate to you you know what I mean and like I said, maybe there is a certain subset of people who do relate to you and do look up to you and or wish they could be as free-spirited as you and things like that, but you're focused on the people who are not looking up to you, so maybe you should turn that around. Yeah, that is, that's literally a whole nother conversation, like, to really, like, that kind of goes back to maybe what we talked about in the last episode, like, your influence, your scope, the scope mm-hmm. of your influence, like, there literally is a subset of people like you're not meant to be maybe somebody for everybody um and that's fine like she's also at at an age where she's probably still coming into herself every time I see her she looks different so different than she looked before so whether it be hair or maybe there's you know a new style of clothing or whatever um but none of that withstanding I do back to what you said about um just growing up in a black community and then going to like a white college there were some black people there and I was like oh but not even black people like who grew up in America UGA had a huge uh African population and that was nothing I felt like I wasn't black enough for them like I was (laughs) like this is (laughs) this is a culture shock and it from that point on I have always since college wished that I was Nigerian like just like (laughs) yes like I just feel like the culture that they have so there again there's this thing even in the black community yeah it, it is it's like African people over here and black people over here especially if you are like first generation african-american um legit literally like african-american your parents moved here if you go back to to nigeria and see your people exactly so i just you know there there's even that feeling of like dang i don't have i don't even have a culture like there is black culture because we take um we create and we own what we create but like the rooted culture of things like uh, Jamaican Americans are are people who are first generation um, Americans from African cultures or Caribbean Americans, like things like that. I feel like when I see that, I feel like I'm not, not necessarily black enough, but like I'm not cultured enough. Like I don't have a true foundation um, of culture other than the black culture again that we create. And I'm, I'm proud to be 
a black woman and I do feel like there is a like a thing of when I see somebody who maybe dresses differently or looks differently my first thought isn't that they're not black enough my first thought is like oh they look interesting and I wouldn't know like I probably would not readily talk to them communicate with them unless we were in a space where it was like we are working together we're collaborating um so i do think there is this innate um response to people who don't just look normal and when normal like a normal person in general um and normal being not having i don't know societally uh deviant looks basically is what it is so anybody who does something different with their hair or have a bunch of piercings or tattoos or things like that like you know when you see it because you it's an innate feeling like oh why did they do that or why do they look like that and it's not something that is your fault it's like culturally ingrained in us to respond that way mm -hmm. um and the only way to like get beyond it is to have those conversations we talk about this a lot in my um in my grad courses when we're talking about um you know having a having a concept of who you are of who your what your biases are as a therapist mm -hmm. when you're actually talking to your clients because things can come up that are you know very different from whatever you've experienced and it is almost innate that you're going to respond in some sort of like divisive um or possibly demoralizing way if you're not if you don't have an awareness of yourself and understand, um, gain, gain an understanding of who that person is. So yeah. I also think about like black culture being, if you didn't grow up in a black neighborhood, like, and you didn't go to church, like if you ain't Christian, like stuff like that. Well, let me tell you, cause I don't feel <laughs> Christian enough y'all, be honest. Brittany and Renee got me in this, um, this group chat with these, um, with some amazing, women of faith. I'm like, I am not saved enough for this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saved. I don't know. Uh, the group about. is called <laughs> Golly Bougie Ratchet. So everybody I'm, in there ain't saved enough. <laughs> no, it's way more godly, y'all. I'm telling y'all. So I'm, I'm, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But, but like I think even with that, like we had very different upbringings. Like yeah my parents were our ministers we were in church literally like multiple days out of the week so i know that that was different from your upbringing like y'all went to church but it probably was not like more than most just. Sundays not even every most <laughs> <laughs> and it's like there's like more levels of like freedom like i think you got a lot more life experience as a teen like mm -hmm. as a child in your home than i did so i just feel like this whole like if we're still having to have this conversation, we need to have it to figure out why we're having this conversation. Like, why are we still saying that people are not black enough in 2020 when there, there truly is like this need to celebrate those differences because there's so much to learn, you know, and glean from them. I don't know. I, I thought, it, thought it was an interesting interview though. Yeah, cause like, even if we take it to this point, like when you were talking about like the African community, um, it made me think about when people ask you where you're from and you're like, I'm from Atlanta. They're like, like your zip code say Atlanta? Right. right. 
pause. Like, obviously I'm not Atlanta enough because my zip code's not Atlanta. Um, or like, I'm not from the city. So it's like, I'd be particular, like, are you from Atlanta? Like, are you from Atlanta? Cause then I'll tell you what suburb I'm from. But if you're not from the Atlanta area, I might as well just say Atlanta. Cause you're not going to, you're not going to know. Well, maybe you'll know, but you're probably not. So it also goes to that. I feel like there's always like some way we can divide people can divide things like I don't know I don't remember this growing up maybe because my mom we just wasn't exposed to this but like it's definitely become a thing like now like inside the perimeter outside the perimeter in Atlanta like where do you live like sis there's people inside the perimeter who are like like that doesn't make them city like I just don't understand but people in Atlanta we we somewhere we now Atlanta people Atlantans ATLians for the people who don't live here because I know that's what y'all be saying and that's not that's so weird but um, <laughs> the, it's, that's divisive like yeah going that where your zip code thing is like bro don't first of all you'll need to know where I live I live in Atlanta that's it <laughs> um, but it's just like almost like we feel which is I believe is natural I just think like when you were talking about like people look different than us I was like, in my mind, this is probably going really deep, but I was like thinking back to like slavery and almost like a natural um, protection. Like, how to, is this person like, is this somebody I can trust mm. um, type thing? Because you know, you couldn't trust everybody. No matter if they had the same skin color as you or not. Like, so it almost became like, is that something that just came engraved in us? Like naturally, like, I don't know, evolution. I don't know a better word. Um, that we naturally like look for people that we can, I can trust you because I feel like we're similar. Like based on what I see, we seem similar enough that I feel like I can trust you. Um, and that's really what it is. I just think that calling people like, like, oh, it's a joke sometimes. I mean, we all probably say it if you're black. We're like, girl, you don't got no black card when they, when you name like love and basketball, they ain't never seen it. Um, <laughs> or don't know how to play space. Like, child, I'm not teaching you. Like, you practically started. And that's always you rude. missed the boat. I ain't teaching you, bruh. You I'm missed the boat. You, <laughs> missed, you missed the boat. <laughs> what boat? The one that my parents said was demonic and I couldn't get on. <laughs> you missed the boat. You missed it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. I don't actually, this might sound horrible. I'm just gonna tell y'all my truth is um I don't play space with black people because they take it way too serious. <laughs> I Who you playing space with, sis? Nobody. I was point. gonna say, well, where the white friends at? <laughs> Nobody right. at this point because I just can't do the card throwing, the screaming, the the banter back and forth. Like, bruh, it's a card game. We're not even playing for money, so I need you to calm down. Even. Like even Kindle now, we I caught um I thought it would be a good, you know, learning tool, but dominoes. So this is it like this is natural because I don't play rough. So I was like, it clearly is in her blood to like probably not seen her daddy do it. Play. I don't know, y'all know she got um she's love, she got more than just, you know, she got Caribbean blood and everything else. But you know, all that comes to play naturally. So I don't know. So yeah, I just think that that's your question. Being black, are you black enough in 2020? Is it a valid question? Is it a valid statement? 
Um, no, because honestly, we need to be all unified. Like, look at the attack on Black people. They don't care how you look. Like, they don't care if you consider an emo or um, like a person grew up in a white neighborhood or, you know, they yeah. don't care. Like, if you go back to those Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, the one guy in Arkansas, they reopened his case. You're going to have to explain that because that's a show I do not watch. I'm not about to be creeping around my house. Oh, so there was this episode just to give a brief synopsis if you don't watch Unsolved Mysteries um, and if you're into crime or anything like that you should definitely watch it it's really good but one of the cases actually got reopened it was about a guy who was at a party um, with some of his white friends and he he died um, oh, it's really yeah, un unknown like they weren't talking they weren't really nobody in the community was really talking about what really happened um but yeah but it's like they don't care that you feel like you're one of them you know what I mean like so I just feel like as black people we have to stop treating people like well you didn't grow up like me you don't look like me you don't dress like me so you must not be like me which they might not be but that's it's we celebrate differences in diversity at this point in life like <laughs> I don't know it just seems like a very old way of thinking um to be like divisive within our own community um, which goes back to what Brittany said about um, not feeling cultural enough because of how tight we see it. Um, like, I've only been around Nigerians, so that's why I'm talking about them, like the Nigerian community. They're very, very close-knit. Um, Caribbean communities are very close-knit. They help each other. And sometimes, like, as Black people, I feel that's the area that we have opportunities to grow in. Yeah. Um, to really be supportive of one another instead of creating um, social divides that do us no good. Yeah, I agree. And we just have to protect one another. We have to protect our own because nobody is looking out for the, for nobody else is looking out for us in that way. So um, definitely like Willow, you know, if you listen to the, social, the sisterhood debrief, <laughs> girl, do you sis, um, celebrate yourself. And we celebrate you and your differences as well. Um, we honor the work that you are doing with your mother and grandmother. I think it's dope that y'all work together. So that's just my personal opinion. Um, and, you know, don't worry about being accepted, boo. The Lord accepts you. All hearts and minds clear. <laughs> All right, y'all. So let me tell y'all. I don't be having no life updates. I hate when y'all put my name by the life update. I don't have nothing going on. You take turns. <laughs> I know, but by the time it gets to me, I don't be having nothing. Um, life update. So, mm -hmm, for real. Um, let's we'll talk about Chris. Chris is finally in his third year of. I don't like how I said finally because y'all. Yeah, know. I was gonna say I'm gonna edit it out. Y'all don't know the backstory. <laughs> don't edit it out. The people, you know, authenticity. You know, um. Chris is in his third year of medical school. It's been a very, 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 very long journey. Um, but <clears throat> it's his testimony. I'll let him tell it. He, he shares it with people he want to share it with. Um, but he's in rotations now. So he's been working in hospitals. And it's going to come back to me in a minute. He's been working in hospitals um, in the pediatric unit, which has been a blessing because it has got him all on board with this baby making process. <laughs> 
Y'all know um, if y'all been listening back in, which I feel like was my last life update, low key, but it wasn't. Back in March, I was like, I was sharing with everybody that he and I were trying to conceive and family plan and whatnot. So um, <clears throat> one of the things that I think we kind of dealt with on this journey is just being on the same page as far as the the having the desire at the same time. <laughs> um, me wanting it really, really badly and him being like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but now we're both kind of on board with um, family planning um, together at the same time, because, you know, that's kind of necessary to actually have a baby. <laughs> and um, that has really like added to this story of me and my um, journey to conceive. Um, in the process of writing a book about it, I posted about it on my social media, which was a huge step because I hadn't really shared that I was writing the book. Um, and it also requires sharing like this testimony of I've been trying and trying and trying and it's not happening. Um, so I've been taking this advice that I have given my own um, clients when I work with them and coach them and writing their books. And that's just being vulnerable and being open and sharing my story. So I am going to start. Um, sharing more of that on my social media <clears throat> more namely on Facebook so if you want to be my Facebook friend and follow that journey feel free Brittany Jackson on Facebook um and yeah Hannah's prayer the goal is for it to come out the book itself to actually come out next month not next month in December um around either my birthday or Christmas my birthday is the goal so yeah, it's still a journey um, for those of y'all who have been listening since the beginning of the year and have been praying. Keep those prayers coming. But that's it. Well, that's a good life update that, you know, that Chris is living on the babies. <laughs> and he got into that peace unit. And he was like, these these jokers, these little jokers get to you. <laughs> I was like, just that leave them at the hospital because <laughs> whatever they are there for, they need to be there at the hospital <laughs> to get their treatment. <laughs> I'll be trying to bring the babies home. <laughs> These are contagious. Yeah, they are. I don't know. A little bit. The ones you can give back. <clears throat> so, all we all have a word to preach. But I never do because I'm not a preacher. Um, but I do have um, a word of encouragement. Um, a couple years ago, um, I had a manager at my job who who really saw a lot of me and I, it, were, it was really an open door season for me. It was like, y'all, things would happen left and right. I was getting um, chosen to go to meetings with VPs and like represent my department. And, you know, that's huge. Like if you want to get in leadership and you get to mingle with VPs and C-level um, executives in your company, like you on the, you on attract the leadership, like because as people get stamped, they know your name, and so when your name comes across their desk, like hey, I remember this person, or I've met them, whatever, and they can at least interview you, right? This foot in the door, always networking is key. And I remember one time we were in her office, and she was like, "This is an open door season for you. This is a season where God is like really moving. You were like, I was y'all, I was getting promoted. I had like three promotions in like eighteen months. Like I was like moving through my company, and she was like, but this will not always be this way. In life, you also have closed door seasons. It's just part of life. 
Um, and y'all currently, your girl's in the closed door season when it comes to my career. I'm very much feel stuck, stagnant, like I cannot move. I am in, um, in a closed door season. Um, and I was actually talking to her the other day and she reminded me of that. And I want to encourage y'all that life has ups and downs. Life has open door seasons and closed door seasons, but God is with you every step of the way. Your job is to always stay faithful and always show up in a closed door season as you would in an open door season because no matter what, God still sees you and God will always honor your good works. Um, the Bible tells us that if you do not grow weary, so if you don't give up, if you don't start slacking, if you don't stop trying, you know what I mean? Like you you have to keep going um, to get to the other side, to get to the reward, to get to the promise, um, to get to another open door season. But if you stop showing up in a closed door season, you may never reach that place um, because you stop showing up, you stop giving your all. God honors our works, God honors our faith. So I encourage you, if you're in a closed door season like myself, just keep going because God sees you and your hard work will be honored. That's good. Come on sis with the word, I, I'm exactly. not a preacher. No, that that's, <laughs> that is very much so on point, especially for this time. In this season, this 2020 is literally like has either been an open door season or a closed door season for almost everybody. There's been very little gray area um, yeah. to settle in. So I, I'm with it and that's so necessary. So hopefully somebody receives that word, applies it where it is necessary in their lives and just know like it's not over literally until God says it's over and he don't say it's over until the skies open up and the trumpets are blaring and it is time to, you know, be with him in eternity. So keep going, keep pushing, keep grinding, keep praying, whatever it is that you need to do. That was yeah. good. Yeah. The word is like, the word has so many points, like has so many things, like y'all got to read the Bible. It has so many points in there. Like when you're in closed door seasons, like it tells you, you work unto the Lord. Like literally that has sustained me mm-hmm. going to work every day, even though I only have to walk down the hallway. Like it'd be a struggle because my bed is so close. Um, <laughs> it's a struggle, but I was like, you know what? I have to show up because God sees me. Even if my manager can't see me or know what I'm doing, um, which can be frustrating, like not negating that. I'm definitely frustrated in a season of like, this is frustrating knowing the work I'm putting in and feel like it's not being recognized um, or being seen. And then like, it's almost like the opposite things are happening versus me getting recognized. I be getting, I be getting trouble for y'all for stuff that I don't, that don't even have nothing to do with me sometimes. I'm like, my name was in this guy one time. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to go into my work roles with you guys today. Um, but just know, like, I truly believe I get up and I say, God, when I'm in those hard moments, I'm like, God, I know you see me. I know you see my hard work. I know you see my sacrifice in this season. And I believe that, you know, there's a greater reward on the other side. That all of this will be, it will be worth it. Um, and you have to believe that too. Like, you, you have to believe that there is something greater on the other side of whatever you're going through. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. That was dope. Well, thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Sisterhood Debrief. 
We appreciate y'all. Please leave a comment on our social media. Leave a review. We did a giveaway a couple of weeks ago, so we may do something else soon um, because we just appreciate you all who actually listen um, each and every time we drop an episode. Um, let us know what you want us to talk about. But in the meantime, between time, keep pushing through 2020, 2021 is on the way. So much, um, so many great things can and will happen if you maintain your faith. So um, how are we going to close this out? Because Veronique ain't here to say her word. Oh, well, thank you for listening to another episode of This Is To A Debrief, where we discuss all things sisterly, godly, and ratchet. Let Brooke keep her line. <laughs> I don't like it. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see y'all later, y'all. Bye. Bye.